<laughs> this episode's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's like the first, people are going to turn it off in the first three minutes and be like, nope, not even worth listening to Travis on this one. Oh, my God. Welcome to episode nine of the Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast for the third time. I am Randy Kilwag. I'm in Northeast Portland and directly to my left on the interwebs is Jonathan. Woohoo! Coming to you live also from Northeast Portland. And to my left, I would like to introduce uh, Josh. Hi, I am actually south, very south in a beautiful town called Lake Oswego. And I would like to introduce our very, 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 very special guest. And his name is... It's Travis Diskin, once again, back to bomb the podcast. Coming from Tigerd. Travis is on solely for us so that we can post on Patch Patrol because our listenership is down. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, we're just using you. Is that weird? No, it's I'm used to it. Okay, cool. Just wanted to make sure. So, uh, yeah. really, other than that, what? Why do you? Why me? Other than the follow followers on Patch Patrol. You know how this works, Travis? This is not you interviewing us. We're interviewing you. <laughs> yeah, well, I do have some questions. If you're I, just if supposed I to shut up and sit there until we talk to you. <laughs> I mean, we say dance, right? We are the professionals here. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is Zencaster, bro. This is professional. Um, that's a very good question. What do you guys cover in this podcast? I, I hate to take over the questions again, but um, you know, uh, what is the the purpose of this podcast? Uh, do you want like the the selfish reason, or do you want the the reason for like the community? Well, yeah. Why uh, why why do people uh, why should people tune into this podcast amongst? Uh, uh, several others that are out there. Or just, I mean, should do all of them. Expert technical analysis, Randy. Well, we, the, the main purpose of our podcast is to promote the other podcasts. Yeah, according oh. to Randy, that's <laughs> our mission statement. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Did you somehow tune into this podcast? You really should be checking out Soccer Touchdown and More Sonic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, people with intelligence and well, ideas. who wants to answer this question? Josh, I think you should. Well, I think that we have our finger on the pulse of the supporters groups. So we're an alternative to the other podcasts that actually have riveting content and great facts. And we just know what's going on behind the scenes. Mm. Very, very interesting answer. Randy, what is your answer? Um, I Again, I just wanted to be able to use audio equipment that somebody else paid for. <laughs> Got it. Nice. And that's it. Uh, yeah. Well, we can tell. Um, I just wanted uh, to see how far I could push my wife before she breaks. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I like the reason for creating the podcast, I think, was uh, the frustration of Richard Huckabee Sanders. Um, oh, and the um 
the lack of soccer touchdown podcast last year uh, and more Sonic being mm-hmm. pretty much the only one that regularly record, like regularly recorded that I wanted to listen to. And so I, you know, my idea was, you know, a focus of Timbers army culture um, uh, and, and so on, which is why we always end up talking about patches, even if it's boring to some, it's, uh, it's pretty damn fun. So it's very fun, and I love creating stuff, so it's fun to be a part of that with you guys. Yeah, especially during this COVID-19 stuff. I would much rather uh, be face-to-face with you gentlemen in my house again and drinking Lagunitas hop water, um, but uh, until that can happen, I think this is a it's a fun, creative outlet to, um, uh, to talk to other people who aren't your coworkers. So, all right. So for this episode of Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast, I, uh, Jonathan Everett, am going to interview the three uh, moderators of the, the Pack Patrol group and we're going to ask some questions and get some uh, answers on the most recent um, the most recent patch raffle. So that's, that's all Travis is really, is just one moderator amongst others. Yeah, since it's run by Randy <laughs> secretly. Right, Travis? Yeah, I, yeah, I accept that statement. <laughs> <laughs> so, for the three of you, I mean, first of all, the patch raffle uh, was very cool, uh, and uh, I was not quite sure what to expect in general. But uh, as someone who is uh, an outsider, but with a view of the inside, it's really fun to, to see what you guys put together. And again, the idea of, you know, supporting charities, uh, through patches is really fun. Yeah. So Travis, what was the main motivation behind this raffle? I guess the idea has always been that the patch patrol has, uh, focused on charity as one of its three pillars. Uh, the other two being community and uh, creativity. And um, I could just see that uh, there was going to be two needs. Um, One was going to be that uh, with what really bothered me was with the schools closing that uh, a lot of kids were going to be who really rely on food uh, from schools um, that they were going to be, you know, hardest hit by uh, this COVID lockdown. And so I thought, well, what could we do? And I did a little bit of research with my brother Todd to find out what organizations were going to be active. And there really wasn't anything organized at the time. So I just said, let's just do a fundraiser for Oregon food bank. And, um, uh, they'll know where the food can go, you know, they'll figure it out. And so I thought, well, how can we, what's the best way to do that then, uh, to raise money with our group. And, uh, decided that a raffle would be the best way. Um, we pull out some some good patches and ask for some patches from other people and just get something going because the other need I saw was, you know, the community. Um, we, you know, other than people releasing patches during this time and doing a little bit of trading, you know, people are missing each other pretty hard. And uh, so I thought this would be a good way for us to interact uh, as a community po- you know, all pulling in the same direction for something good. Yeah, that's super cool. I was, um, again, when I saw the, that it was going to benefit the Oregon Food Bank, and you kind of talked about a little bit finding the right charity with your uh, with your brother, 
Um, so in terms of food making it to kids who may be impacted by COVID-19 school closures, what, uh, like, were there other charities you you considered or are there other charities you're considering for maybe future patch raffle? Well, the problem was that um, that specific target of trying to find kids with those needs um, really difficult because it's on a district to district basis down to uh, almost a school to school basis. So trying to find a uh, one beneficiary to make it work uh, was really difficult. And then along that conversation process, we realized that we had some people in the patch patrol who could get uh, matching grants from their uh, companies. And that kind of took us to a whole new level. Um, when we found out that we could basically double every dollar raised, um, uh, kind of made it a real no-brainer to have it go to the Oregon Food Bank. Oh, that's super cool. And then, so, I mean, obviously, I'm sure everyone's curious, what was the final amount um, that uh, Patch Patrol was able to donate? Randy, do you recall? I know it's over 15000 uh with the matching grant. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> um i i don't i don't i thought you had those numbers it was like seven some or eight just over wasn't it just over eight without the matching grant it was about uh it was a little over 7500 um um that was all um donatable monies so then we doubled that with the matching grants you had your original goal was to raise nine nine with that right yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, no, what was that based on? Uh, I, I tried to. I based it on like the number of active people in the patch patrol. I figured if everybody gave a dollar, then or five dollars, then we could reach that that goal. There's like nineteen hundred and some odd people in the patch patrol. So I figured, well, if every one of them gave five dollars, then we would raise ninety five uh, and some change. When I saw that, like you had a very precise number. Uh, yeah that was there and i was like how in god's name did you come up with that it was like nine thousand two hundred and thirty eight dollars or something and i'm like there i'm like i don't know what that number is uh or how you came to that number but that i guess totally makes sense yeah it was five dollars for every member in the group and i know there's a lot of inactive but then i also know there's a lot of people who are gonna you know really put some uh some money in both for the charity and for the um you know, the patches. Yeah, I have to say I was pretty skeptical. I figured we'd raise, uh, you know, because I am a very skeptical person. I figured we'd raise a couple thousand dollars tops. But, um, yeah, really, uh, the that total number was very surprising to me. Yeah, late breaking news. Randy is old and skeptical. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, this is pretty interesting to me to think that there's, you know, during a time when there's, you know, large amounts of unemployment uh, and, you know, uh, people trying to scrape together money. The fact that, you know, a bunch of role playing game nerds who love soccer were able to help come up with that kind of money um, is is pretty impressive. And what it, we talked about it on the other episode before when you guys did the work with. Uh, the Ribbon Z campaign, but how much money was raised over that? Oh boy, was it just shy of twenty five thousand? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I get like the point I'm, I'm going to make here is just how amazing that amount of money actually is from online patch raffles 
to where you were on the the jumbotron at Providence Park to sell patches. And uh, granted, there's a corporate match, but still, just in the span of one week with minimal, like you know, online pings to say, "Hey, do this," able to raise that much money uh, when you were in a stadium with you know twenty some odd thousand people every game, and still came up with that much money in comparison to Ribbon Z. It's amazing. You're welcome. Yeah, you're you're welcome, America. Um, <laughs> we were able to get some pretty damn cool stuff. There's some people who really put out some, uh, uh, you know, some of the real heat in the Patch Patrol. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny if people who are listening aren't really into patches or, you know, Timbers culture too much, you know, when it comes to merch culture, which is integral to Timbers culture at this point. Um that some of these little, you know, squares or rounds of fabric could, you know, raise 500, you know, dollars. I mean, we had one, one of the patches that was raffled, um, got over 500 tickets for it. So that's a dollar a ticket. And then you, you multiply that by two for the grant. That's a thousand dollars raised by one patch. That's crazy. That was that kind of ties directly into question three is what patch were you most surprised to see donated by a fellow patch patroller? Uh, it was that patch, you know, I didn't know that he would give that one up and it's the patch, which shall not be mentioned. Um, but the other, I mean, it wasn't just, that wasn't the most surprising thing. Um, because, uh, a lot of people who I didn't even know had some really cool items like the Rosa di Fatagan and, uh, uh, you know, some of the old sectional patches, you know, they just kind of came out of nowhere, uh, which was really cool. That is pretty awesome. Like just when some of the teasers or like the stretch goals were listed for what was going to be released. And to anyone um, who is listening to this, who is not familiar with um, the, the patch culture of the Portland Timbers and the Timbers army, go to patchpatrol.com and, uh, you can see everything that's been created or everything that Randy has gotten around to scanning um, and uploading to the website. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. Um, but when people talk about like a rare patch, like I'm trying to equate it to something that's not patch related. Uh, so maybe like a, a super rare baseball card from the eighties or something like that. Like the idea being, it's like something that you just can't have. Uh, and when something that you want uh, makes an appearance for a raffle, uh, it's it's pretty exciting. So the patch that cannot be named, uh, that's, I, wow, one patch raises $1,000. Like, I would love to know from the Oregon Food Bank how many meals that equates to. Um, uh, and I think that would be a fun stat to try to figure out. Well, if I remember right, it was something like every dollar donated, <clears throat> sorry, every dollar donated equates to like, five pounds of food or something like that. Yeah, so. but I'm fat. So I crush like five pounds of food when I wake up. But no, I think again, that's uh, super cool. So that was, you know, the question for Travis. Now to Josh, same question. What patch were you most surprised to see donated by a fellow patch patroller and or from the archives? Oh, um, go to, tra- go to um, Randy first. Yeah, I'm not ready for that either. 
what the fuck, guys? This is an interview. You're not supposed well, to. Well, because I, I, I would. It really was that patch. So I don't want to say <laughs> the same one. So I'm like looking for other ones now. Top of your head. I I liked how much the um, I I really liked how much when we did the live when Randy did his live raffle, the um, uh, what I forgot what the two were that were given away. I mean that were auctioned oh. off live. Those that we ended up making like a few hundred dollars on it was it was crazy. Hundred dollars. Um, the that was, Which uh, one was that? Lance Westfall's no, uh, Hooligan Army and oh the Hooligan Army and the um, the the um, the House of Horrors like Michael yeah. Myers looking one. Yeah, like I, I, that was crazy how much that generated. Uh, I was surprised to see detachable unit and Team Sisyphus donated i didn't think there were those laying around and and if they were laying around they weren't by active members that would have tuned in to donate there was multiples of them too yeah that was really generous of the maker to uh, provide those for us but they caught wind of the raffle and uh you know that's just how these things multiply that's super cool so uh the next question here uh, that I have is, uh, I thought it was interesting uh, how, I'm going to just call you guys out, how disorganized the actual um, raffling itself was, but how it ended up being pretty damn fun. Um, so like Travis, you chose to do paper bags with tickets. Randy, you chose to do the same thing, but then later added a video and Josh went with technology. Like what do you all collectively view as the best way to do it? Well, I forced Travis to use uh, raffle tickets. These guys didn't want to do that. They wanted to do random number drawings, and I thought that's really, <laughs> really boring. Um, you know, the, the, where's the suspense? I don't know. It's just not interesting. A, a random number drawing from you know a computer screen is not cool. I thought it would be more fun to actually have all those tickets cut up and you know have like the physical act that would be more satisfying. Um, and uh, of course, that was before I realized I was going to have to prepare you know, the <laughs> 7,500 individual raffle tickets based on spreadsheets. And so that took me many hours to do that. And then even after I prepared them, it took Travis like what? It took you like an hour to, to cut up your first batch, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, and then I did the drawing the next day the same way. And, and I, I, I was, um, it's like, ah, Travis, it took him, he said it took him an hour. That's nonsense. I'll have this done in like 20 minutes. <laughs> it still took me like an hour to do it. And I you know, had a paper cutter too. So it wasn't like I was cutting him out by hand. And, um, I sent Josh his batch of tickets to print and cut out and, but Josh, you gave that like five minutes and you didn't have a paper cutter. You had scissors and Travis. Yeah, no. Well, I, yeah, it was 30 sheets and halfway through the ink died on my printer. So I'm like, fuck, I don't know what to do. So I decided, okay, I got to find a different way of handling this. And then I ended up finding the spinner and I, I'm like, oh, it takes just as much time to lay it all out and do it that way. But I thought my mine was fun, but yeah, yours was good. It's better than a random number draw, drawing, I think, because you it's there's more sort of tactile feedback to it. You can see all those names in the list, and then it spins around. I mean, it is hard with a live chat like that to read what's going on and pay attention to what you're doing, right? Because like everyone's you know like talking shit, 
and I have to respond. No, nobody was talking shit. <laughs> Everyone well, it got to be uh, pretty entertaining with how uh, late each of us, you know, our progressively later and later appearances to be doing the the raffle. Uh, that was definitely uh, added to the tension and the uh, entertainment of the whole thing. It was- That's why I went on five minutes early. <laughs> yeah, when Josh was- went with the 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 spinning wheel um i was like oh man i gotta step up my game can't just do the same thing and so i decided i was gonna put together a video that was gonna like fake it being a live drawing like film it as if it was a live drawing and then cut to some stuff and i had and of course i hadn't i hadn't worked in final cut pro and like probably a year and so there was a giant learning curve getting trying to figure out everything i wanted to do again (laughs) And because it's never like, oh, just cut this in. I always have like, no, cut this in, and it's got to have the specific overlay, and it's got to move at this specific time. And uh, it took me. That's why I was like an hour delayed. And about five minutes after I was supposed to go live, I was getting, you know, like my phone. My I'm getting tweets. I'm, you know, my my text messages is going off, and I'm getting. I can hear my Facebook thing chiming in, like, what's going on? What's going on? And it's and. I had to restart the whole thing after about 20 <laughs> minutes because I screwed something up and it completely messed up everything. And I was finally, I was just like, I'm putting blinders on and headphones on and I'm not going to do anything. And I'm just going to crank this thing out as fast as I can. And, I, and it's going to be as late as it is. So it was like, ended up being like an hour and 10 minutes late. <laughs> yeah. But think you, you made a crazy video that you had to edit from scratch, like a 20 minute video that you edited from scratch. In yeah, it was fun. It was totally fun. It, uh, there were sequences I forgot to put in there that I had marked out there. I just totally forgot to, cause I got stressed for time and I had to shoot some of those sequences in the morning too. Yeah. It was, um, it was, I should have done that. I should have started working on it the day before, but, um, yeah, anyways, it was fun. Well, it adds to that, uh, just speaks to the third pillar of the, patch patrol which is creativity you know and that each of us tried to do something different from the other to make it you know entertaining and fun uh one of the things i really appreciate about the group is the amount of effort we put into entertaining each other (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh and that uh is really uh, uh a key blessing to this group yeah, that's kind of funny. I, as a someone who is anxiously waiting for the raft to start, I, I may have pinged you one or 37 times. I don't really remember. Or <laughs> um, made fun of you on the internet for it multiple times afterwards. Um, but that really was pretty damn cool. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, what is this dude doing? He said he was going to be here at 3 p.m. and not a minute earlier. And it's now like four something. And, uh, and then when you got on and it was just like the regular live video and I was like, Oh my, what a waste. I'm already drunk. That's Randy's fault. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and then when you started playing the video, I was like, that was really well done. I also super appreciated Travis on the last day when he was just enjoying his pipe. and. <laughs> oh, hello. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was good. That was really good. Yeah. I have no tech, so I have to go <clears throat> old school here in the old vintage mall. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty good laugh out loud moment. Um, <laughs> I think 
uh, Travis, you have missed your calling of being an actor. That would have been... <laughs> that was good. That's funny. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, I... Just seeing the different uh, styles, and I loved watching the people get frustrated with like, well, how do I ensure that I'm getting the right number of tickets? And and Josh, you're like, I got this under control. Everyone who submitted multiple tickets, there's you have ten entries on the wheel, and you're like, the wheel looks pretty unimpressive right now because only ten people entered this one. But like the the bigger patches, it was that wheel looked hilarious. So oh yeah, it was <laughs> there was like five hundred names on it. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was uh, super fun. And uh, Travis, I'm going to have to ask you to join um, the technology age and upgrade your tech. Um, I, I'm sure the uh, the speaker is confusing that Josh has given to you. Um, but uh, I, is it true that you use Android and Microsoft? Uh, yeah, that's true. I, <laughs> I think a lot of a lot of people do. It's not. Uh... You know, when you say a lot of people, complete luddite. I wouldn't call those people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, moving on to the next questions. Um, so, what are the instructions to folks to get patches if they want? I know you posted about it, um, but if anyone is listening who might be confused, what uh, what is the best way to go about getting your winnings? Well, reach out to the. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say what you said, which uh, is that, that uh, people need to reach out to the person who donated uh, the patch. And the, if you donated the patch, then you're supposed to find the person that uh, who won your patch. And I have quite a few here still that I have to get in the mail. I'm hoping to do that this week. Um, and then there was the, the, the Constellation raffle, which was made up of everybody that didn't win anything in the original raffle. Um was entered into the consolation raffle. Uh, in those ones, we did not have a listing of who donated what because I think that was kind of last minute. I just tell everyone to, to contact Josh for those. No, actually, no one's contacted me. And I haven't sent out the ones that I included because I'm very busy and scatterbrained right now. So sorry, everyone. It'll probably be sent out end of this week. So that you got to check your messages, man, because I know people have contacted you because they're like, hey, I contacted Josh. He's not responded. Oh, oh I'll check my filtered me- messages. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, I've been really uh, slow on getting that done, and I know everyone's really excited to get mail, but just hang in there, okay? There's a lot going on right now. Yeah, thanks, Travis. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to make myself out to be better than the three of you but you only make yourself out to be better all the time the three patches that i donated for the last round of whatever i've already mailed them out last week they've already been nice yeah sounds like someone's got a hamster wheel going in the background (laughs) that is the jackhammer outside my window oh i set up this whole like soundproofing booth hopefully that'll you did a tiny bit. Yeah, well, obviously it did. It sounds like a hamster wheel, uh, wheel yeah. instead of a jackhammer. If you are looking in the Zencaster when you are uh, when you are not talking, you can put yourself on mute. Oh, that's a good idea, Josh. If you could just put yours on mute for the whole time and then get back. <laughs> He's still on. Mute. Okay. There we go. Um, okay. So here is a is a philosophical question um, for um, for the three of you as you moderate and admin patch patrol and whether or not 
you are happy with a secondary patch market because you know a live auction technically is a secondary um, patch market. I mean, obviously the idea here is it's going to a charity, so it's not going into someone's pocket. Um, but does does doing a live raffle help establish a secondary market for valuable patches? And do you have any concerns associated with that? Randy? I don't. It's for charity. Yeah, I don't either. It's all for charity. Yeah, not in this case. The only thing I... Um would be would say is that while this raffle was for charity it was really organized by the leadership of the patch patrol and so you know we set up a lot of um you know we check each other basically to make sure that we're all doing the right thing and doing it the right way and for the right reason Um, i wouldn't want to see a lot of other raffles show up on the page that weren't you know sanctioned by uh the leadership of the patch patrol just to make sure that everything's done properly and there's checks and balances and everything like that. All that really should be checked, you know, with us if they want to advertise it on the patch patrol page. Uh, Is there anything um, that any of you would have done differently now that it's over and you've experienced uh, how uh, intense it is? Again, one thing to call out really quick, you guys talked about it a little bit, but um, uh, the amount of time or hours that you have spent, doing this is pretty impressive and like in the general consulting world like an hourly rate is 225 dollars an hour for a billable resource who is considered an expert uh and while i may not consider uh uh randy specifically an expert in how to do a raffle appropriately on time um (laughs) the amount of the amount of time that you did put into um into this uh, collectively hours wise is, is pretty crazy and very impressive and much appreciated. So, um, uh, you can submit your bill to someone, not me. Um, but I think (laughs) very, uh, very cool and appreciated. But, um, but again, now that it is over and knowing how much time you spent doing things, or is there anything that you would do differently? Should you do this again? I don't know. I mean, I feel like we always go into these things with, well, it's just going to be really quick. You know, it's no big deal, just in and out. And then uh, I feel at least between the three of us, Randy and Josh and myself, we kind of push each other to do more and more. Or uh, And so it just kind of expands from there, you know, because we're always trying to do the right thing, you know, more the, so than the, uh, the, thing, the easiest thing. And um so that's kind of my take on it is, uh, you know, it took as much time as it took to do it the right way. And, um, you know, uh, we still want it to be fun too, not have to be a, a, a work project, you know, with uh, outlines and bullet points and everything. Randy, do you want to speak more to that? I mean, there's uh, some technical things I would have, like we had, we, the, the time to launch was really short. And so, you know, people had to keep track of their tickets, you know, as they were, you know, you, you the online form, you, you go through and select which, which lot you wanted to put and how many tickets you wanted to put in. You had to keep track of that at the end and then submit the payment. Um, if I had it all over to do again, I would, instead of just using um, Google forms, uh, I would have figured out a better way to do that. Yeah. Um, but we, we didn't really have time to mess with that and it, it made its point or it worked well. So just, just some small technical things I probably would have handled differently, but I, I think overall, especially considering the amount of money that we raised in the short period of time 
in you know that I did I did compare it myself to the amount of money that we raised with, for um, with ribbons, and even though we did have a matching grant, uh, it was it was impressive, and so I don't think I would have changed much. No, I, I like the way everything turned out. I thought, well, I didn't do the, I didn't set up the forms or anything. So I really, all I did was do the one raffle. <laughs> I was a little. You did two. You did two of them. Oh, I did two. Yeah, you were on time. At least I was on time. Yeah, but <laughs> I love the fact that, you know, in under a year, this one organization has generated like almost like 50 grand for two like just for, from two separate events it's pretty crazy that's it's super crazy when you think about how much money that actually is and again uh and and really you know it comes down to it's just patches it's like how crazy is that you know crazy. Says really good about the community or really nerdy about the community or both we love what we do so it's fun to you know if it becomes work maybe we won't like it as much. It became but, work. <laughs> it became work. <laughs> well, Randy makes everything into work. <laughs> it says, it says the guy who admitted, I didn't really do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But on the ribbons one, I did a, a lot of work. Yeah. Is it ribbons or ribbon Z? Whatever ribbons. you want to call it. Is it really ribbons? Because it's like, a capital Z at the end? I mean, that makes it stand out. You can't just call it a Z sound. That's a Z. That was a design. It's new Coke, Jonathan. Call. Just Yeah, just... just God. It was like talk. six months ago. Shut up. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Anyway. All right. I mean, I guess that also that question kind of, you know, goes into the, the great patch raffle of 2020 is over. Any final thoughts or should we expect maybe a second one in the second half of the year? We're going to shut down the page. <laughs> <laughs> My finger is hovering over the delete page button right now. Yeah. <laughs> Archive. Uh, no. I mean, I think what... One takeaway was that people were really, uh, not everybody, obviously, but a lot of people really enjoyed the the community aspect of the the raffle, the actual uh, portion of the drawing of names and stuff. And so we've talked about doing other Facebook Live type events, um, just hasn't materialized yet. But I think we're definitely going to do something else before that's all over. Um, as far as another raffle, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Uh, it's. I just, if people say, hey, we've, there's something we really need to, you know, address, then I could see us doing something like that again. I think part of the reason this one was so successful is that it was sort of a crisis moment and people coming together to um, spend money that they otherwise might not have had it been just a regular fundraising moment. Yeah, to be honest, too, I, I'm really disappointed, I guess, in some of the other, uh, I don't know, some of the other supporter organizations and uh, there's a lot of opportunity to turn this passion for our club that we just are just sitting there, you know, can't do anything, can't go to games, can only watch old ones and turn it into something, you know, that can do positive things right now. And I'm kind of disappointed that other groups aren't doing more, you know, more around that. 
Is there anyone you want to call out by name just to make it fun? Uh, no, I mean, there's a lot of people who are organized, you know, who have leadership that could actually do, be doing things. This is where you, this is usually where Josh comes in and says, you know, all, all I'm saying is, um, I'll call those guys at sticker squadron and pin platoon and scarf squad. You know, they're not doing shit. Look what we're doing. <laughs> oh, fantastically true. Fantastic. Oh, and, and Rebels, don't think we're going to let you guys slide. Yep. So if you do a future um, uh, raffle, I think it would be a great idea. And uh, my question would be, I know it is a patch-specific raffle, but, I mean, I do happen to have quite a few scarves that may be considered of uh, excitement and or value. Would you consider taking all of the above or strictly patches? Uh, yeah, I I would. I think um, I limited the scope of this one because I just wanted because I knew people were going to have to mail all this stuff out. I didn't want them to have to, you know, package up big, large things to mail out. Um, so I kind of limited the scope that way to make it just patch specific. But yeah, I think given enough time and enough uh, uh, thought put into it ahead of time, I think we could do all that stuff. I mean, our, our end of the year raffle for who was it last year at the pizza party? Oh, uh, for uh, uh, it was uh, oh, I for forgot shelter, about that. friends of shelter animals. Yeah, yeah and that we made like what it. was it seventeen hundred or something? Yeah. So the end of the year raffle has an assortment of odds and ends. Yeah, the one we do at the pizza party. Talk to Tidwell; he can make your scarf dreams a reality. Oh, so he's going to donate guns. Just <laughs> <laughs> patches in general, since we have, um, you know, Travis here. And the past few weeks uh, have been uh, pretty crazy in terms of the amount of patches being released. Someone posted on Patch Patrol earlier this week with another version of a Calvin and Hobbes that everyone lost their shit about. Uh, so for for the three of you trying to moderate that stuff, what's what's it been like in terms of just the scheduling itself? Like how many how many more patches should we be expecting here in the next few weeks? Well, there's there's you think of there's usually one every Tuesday and Thursday. This week there's one Tuesday Thursday. I think next week there's one Tuesday Thursday, and then that's it so far. But it seems to fill up pretty quick. I had foolishly suggested the idea that maybe we should have a, could have a moratorium on releases because people are stressed out and you always hear everyone complaining about, you know, every time there's a release, it's like, Hey, I can't, you know, can I, can I order now and pay after my paycheck next week? Or I, I just, whatever. I I thought maybe we should just not put people in those positions. And then other people suggested that, well, everyone, everyone's an adult and they, they can choose what they need to do with their money. Uh, So I kind of thought maybe there wouldn't be as many releases because money is tight for pe- some people. Um, but uh, I guess I got proven wrong on that. It doesn't, it, it slowed down, you know, initially, but I think a lot of it now is even just sheer boredom. People are just, they're just bored and they want to do something. And so let's, let's release a patch. Uh, I will use the last bullet uh, for our regular COVID-19 uh, update. So we're going to transition here to the obviously the, the COVID-19 um, updates that we've all been going through. So 
Uh, Travis, while we have you here as a guest, uh, what's been going on with oddities and the mandatory foreclosure? Like, what's what's been happening in your building? Like, how's everything going? It's it's tough. The store is pretty much closed. We've uh, I have my dealers in the mall uh, posting things on Facebook Marketplace that uh, customers can then purchase and pick up uh, during weekend windows. Um, but you know, it's there's that's pretty insubstantial compared to. Uh, what our normal uh, numbers would be. So uh, yeah, the business is closed right now, but uh, I've got, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about uh, when the stay orders are um, lifted that we can jump back into this pretty quickly. So in terms of like, I know you recently moved buildings, like um, what other tenants do you have in there? Are the landlords being cool? And if you can't say we can cut it out, I'm really just curious. Um, The landlord's been... Um, you know, just kind of hedgy. I said, um, you know, that we obviously have no income coming in, so I'd like to take care of this at the back end of it. Um, and they've just said, um, okay, we'll talk about it then. So, uh, you know, everybody's, you know, in this economy is kind of, we're all linked up into this together. So the landlord knows if they were to evict the business, um, where are they going to find another, you know, there's going to be a bit of a recession at the end of this, obviously. Um, where are they going to find another tenant to take this over? You know, uh, uh, so hopefully they understand our ability to spring back and, you know, continue to start, uh, continue the rent payments again at the end of this. But yeah, our, whatever reserves the business had uh, were depleted in the quick move uh, when we had to move curiosities from uh, Beaverton over to Tigard. Uh, so that set us back quite a bit, uh, made it uh, difficult for us to try and uh, handle this sort of shutdown. So hopefully, uh, you know, I'm really encouraged by the, the three state agreement and uh, I hope that uh, they make the right decision on uh opening it up when it's safe for everybody because I wouldn't want to see them open everything up too soon and then there'd be a backlash and everything shut down again. Um, so we just like to get back to business as usual as possible, as soon as possible. Yeah, that's interesting because I had that as part of um, the agenda as well to talk about uh, is Donald Trump inadvertently creating the nation of Cascadia for real? Um, so uh, but in terms of, uh, your business, are you able to apply for a, you know, a small business loan to get floated? I mean, I heard some people are actually getting some incentive or not incentive. What is the word to use? Uh, say the, COVID, the COVID-19 payments as individuals. So, um, are, uh, are you able to apply for a business grant to keep your business afloat? Like, how does that work? Yeah, I've tried, um, and um, there's just been little or no response from those uh, groups that I've tried to apply for the grants through. Um, so yeah, same I, with me. Yeah, it's it's difficult because they uh, the federal government keeps promising this, this, and this, and then then they not only don't deliver on that, but then they walk back the requirements. To give you an example, with the first thing that they released in that. Uh, Phase one was uh, that they would have a, a 
SBA backed a loan of up to $50,000, 10,000 of it will be released within three days. And that could be used, uh, it's a loan, but then can be converted as to a grant, into a grant if it's used for uh, utilities, uh, payroll or uh, uh, rent. And then they've walked all that language back now and said that it was uh, dependent on the number of employees your business has. So Curiosities doesn't really have employees. It has co-op agreements with the dealers in the mall. Uh, so that made me ineligible for that particular program. Uh, so weird. It's like they're creating red tape in the middle of creating the programs in the, in the beginning. So yeah, yeah, and you're spending hours and hours and hours filling out all these forms, and then all you get is just a number. And there's no way to, you know, your case number. And you can't do anything with that until they contact you. I've been sitting here for like three weeks now and haven't gotten anything. It's an, it's insane. It's because you're an independent contractor, right? I am, but I also am a corporation. Uh, what is that corporation called? Loser LLC? <laughs> no, it wouldn't be an LLC if it's a corporation. <laughs> Limited liability corporation? Excuse me? Um, uh, yeah, no, it's super crazy. So Josh, you filled out an application online. You got an application number, but no one's contacted you to, um, to keep you afloat. Dude, I filled out every available kind of thing you can and haven't gotten any responses. It's like trying to like get scholarships when you're in high school on the fly for everything. Um, so I mean, Randy, same thing for you. Are you able to get funding as an independent contractor? or? Is it still- uh, no, I just became eligible for something, I think, this week. And I was actually... ARP? You're old. Groaning like a geezer. Feel yourself a cracker like an old husband. Look at yourself, old man. You got multiple chins, cause you're old. <laughs> 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 it's just gonna investigate filling yeah. that out, but um, recording this mediocre podcast is, is preventing me from doing that right now. It's fair. It's fair. But no, I, I think it's funny. Um, Travis, what you kind of said earlier about you think it's great that, you know, Washington, Oregon and California are joining forces with the governors. And uh, that's, that's kind of a toothless announcement, though. It's but, I don't know if it's toothless, is it? The headline on that gives you the impression that it's got way more weight than it is. It's just kind of like, hey, we're going to do this together. And we're, it's we've agreed to do it, It's not really a. It's like a pledge. It's not really anything more than that. There's no, they're not working together with, you know, setting requirements and things like that. They're just saying, we're going to well, pledge to know do this that. They didn't the announce, right way. I mean, they didn't announce what those things were in the press release, but I think the press release was meant to say, um, look out federal government. We're making our own plans. Uh, so don't, you know, because your lack of the leadership. Listen, Travis, what part of skeptical don't you understand? <laughs> Here comes Randy. You're going to kill the joy out of the room for everyone. Mm, I bought one of the last N95s on Amazon. They say to forego masks, but good luck nabbing one when we're facing a worldwide pandemic. 
Sure, we're all gonna be okay. And here I am, all getting excited to win a, a Glock from Don Tidwell in the next <laughs> raffle to fight. Uh, and as it turns out, Randy just called me a bitch. The Arm Cascadia fundraiser. Yeah, the Arm Cascadia fundraiser. I don't know, man. Uh, have any like we'll we'll get politics here for just a quick minute, but like Donald Trump obviously is a big pile of dog shit, um, and. Uh, it's it's gross that it's on national TV every day, and uh, I, I I can't stomach it anymore. I don't even watch. I just wait for the articles on BBC to come out after he's done with his um, you know his statement. But um, when he was saying like that he is in charge and he can you know open the United States when he wants to, and the states can't do whatever, like. I was waiting for one of those like Southern Confederates who's all for states' rights to defend that, and I thought it was going to be fucking funny. Uh, and of course, no one has done that yet. But um, I'm egregiously waiting. But if if Trump is this powerful in terms of uh, what he thinks he can do or what he's proposing that he can do, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden even though I don't want to. Um, uh, but if Trump wins again. Uh, do you think this could be the eventual breakup of the United States as we know it? <laughs> do you know what would actually have to happen to break up the United States? Tell me, Joshua. Well, all these little things like Cascadia, wouldn't they have to establish their own trade agreements and set up their own borders and set up their own armies and their own currency and generate new IDs and passports and social security numbers. There's so much involved in it. It's not just like, yeah, we want freedom. I, I agree with all of those things. Um, uh, like I, who's actually capable of that happening? Like, or does that make sense? It totally makes <laughs> sense. Um, I, I, I mean, to the, Again, like Randy, you've been around for a long time. Like, I mean, <laughs> like well, back in the Civil War days, it was easier because you know you didn't have to worry about Social Security or any of that stuff. IDs, you know, they could fly by the seat of their pants and just say, "Hey, my right to make money is more important than someone else's right to live as a human being." So that's how it was back then when I was a kid. <laughs> I just, I really don't understand how. Uh, we could be where we are uh, and have that not be a serious conversation in the sense that like, at what point is it too much? Um, and, it would take no, some not- kind of major disaster on a much bigger scale than what we have now. I mean, what we have now is, I don't, I don't know that it's a disaster. I mean, it's being handled in a disastrous way, but it's not, you know what I mean? Like most people are not going to die because of this. It would take some sort of, major major disaster that would inter- that would affect the ability of the government to be able to control or provide service to people or it would take the states to say we're not going to hold back those federal resources because the federal government isn't providing those resources back to the states right so you withhold all the payroll taxes uh, all yeah, the well, tax the only state that like Really, only California, I think, is such a big economy that they're the only ones who actually yeah. have a say against the government. You know, they we'd be glomming onto that 
You right. guys gotta let us in because we have so many Californi- Californians up here. <laughs> Californians. <laughs> yeah, that, it's it's interesting. And again, like I, of course, do not want to break up the glorious United States of America. 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 Uh, I just wonder at what point does uh, a threat like that, or um, not a threat, but a um, like a joining of forces to fight back against a quote unquote uh, federal policy uh, in that scenario? Like, are we too far advanced as a as a country to have that kind of fight? Or uh, well, didn't uh, I think Gavin Newsom uh, referred to California as a nation state? Uh, in a recent uh, interview in regard to medical supplies. And yeah, yeah, it's just, it's super interesting to see where we are and how it just makes me so devastated that we don't have, you know, an actual leader to lead us through something like a pandemic. That's depressing. depressing. Uh, so yeah, just interesting stuff to think about uh, with where we're currently at with COVID. Uh, again, me from a work perspective, I'm still fine. Uh, I'm a rem- remote worker as it is, just traveling to different medical systems and uh, and payers. And so, uh, for me, just working from home, same as Brianna, uh, which is very nice that we have a place like we do because we can both work home together at the same time, and you know, still not kill each other. Well, thanks for the gloating. Um, do you have any personal <laughs> grant programs that you're willing to offer? <laughs> I yes I do uh, but it involves a dog behind the dumpster as well uh, that's fine how much <laughs> I had to have my sister send me toilet paper that's what my that's how my life's going right now dude was that, that was real yeah I saw that post on uh, Facebook y'all motherfuckers if you need toilet paper just let me know I'll bring it I couldn't find toilet paper at the market so my sister's like oh I just got a bunch and she just like threw a six pack in the mail for me from Palm Springs when I saw that uh, photo, I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> no. I try to make everything look like a joke, but it's just my sad joke of a life. <laughs> I have uh, some at the store here, too, if you need it. That doesn't go out to everybody on the podcast, though. That's um, probably single ply. Yeah. We also have a great selection of uh, butter churns and spinning wheels if things really <laughs> go to shit in this country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We will I, I, only accept uh, pelts and uh, <laughs> glass beads in payment. My, my entire value to this world is based on technology. And if we hit a zombie apocalypse, I'm going to be the first person they kill and eat uh, in, the, uh, in the camps because they're like, well, he's not good at making butter. He's clearly too lazy to go pick berries. So this motherfucker is bitter to <laughs> uh, uh, but I'm cool with that. I, I accept uh, that I bring no social redeeming value other than humor, uh, which during a pandemic when I eat twice as much as everybody else, uh, probably not. I can offer the ability to complete about 85% of any given home improvement project. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then forget what you're doing? Yeah. That's all <laughs> I can't finish that. Uh, uh. Yeah. Uh, so uh, moving on into our next uh, topic, we, we recorded two weeks ago, give or take. Uh, and at that point, Don Garber had recently said that they were still going to finish the entire season. Uh, and then just yesterday, 
um, his tune has changed slightly. And I'm going to relate this back to uh, how it's okay to learn in the moment, even if you had an opinion before. So shame on me for making casual jokes about COVID-19 in the beginning. Um, yeah. You know how they have all those videos of uh, Trump saying things, it's a democratic hoax. And then like at the end, he's like, well, I've always treated this very seriously. They've done that for all the Fox newscasters too. Um, we're going to, we need to compile one of Jonathan doing the same thing. Are you all right with that, yeah. Jonathan? What, yeah. When was, that, was like, um, that was over a month ago when I was in South Carolina, like, I'm not sure what happening, but that was where I was still able to travel for work. And so here's my thing. So I am fully well able to admit uh, when I'm wrong in general uh, and be like, oh, I should have done that differently. And like in these scenarios, like, yeah, I totally should have had a different approach uh, because, you know, the science isn't anywhere near done. And so anything now is just subjective or not based on, you know, actual, like complete data. And so definitely uh, shitty on me. I own it. Um, but the, the, you're seeing Don Garber in just two weeks going from, we're going to complete the, like the, the season to, we might do many regional tournaments um, behind closed doors starting in like, I don't know what that was, August uh in that article and we can post the article there but it's it's just interesting to see how rapidly things change just from you know two weeks ago so speaking of the news and such i I don't want us to be the the cnn of uh soccer podcast where there's where we're reporting on the same nothing all the time there's there's no new real news about what they're going to do with this, with the rest of the season. It's all hearsay and there's literally nothing to report about any of it. It's all still up in the air. There's nothing to report about people getting mad about having to, to pay for their tickets still their season tickets because there's no games. They don't know what's happening. So they're, you know, there's literally nothing to report. So that's it. There, there is something to report. Don Garber interviewed again. Why do you but he doesn't. I mean, he didn't really say anything. He just says they're thinking about stuff. They're thinking about what they could possibly do, and that's not really any different than what what he said the last time, except is, for the fact that he mentioned one possible other option without going into any detail about what it could involve. So it's I it's disagree. just. I feel like it's just an update that says nothing's just so that they can have something so that they can say that we're just updating to be in the people. news. Yeah. But that's kind of what all business owners, myself included, are doing right now is saying, everyone, uh, just let you know, we're still paused. You know, we can't do anything. Uh, You know, we're hoping for good things to happen, but we can't tell the future. So Travis Diskin is the Don Garber of resale malls. That's right. I mean, it's just it's tough because you're trying to keep everybody positive and keep them interested but you have no idea what's going to happen. So what can you say, you know? Yeah. The Timbers have sort of run out of things to say. They're, uh, you, guys see, you guys want to know what Julio Cascante's top three must-have apps are? No. Yeah. <laughs> Google Translate. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, Julio's got good English. I think he speaks English. He does. Uh, he did an interview, I guess, a, a year or so ago uh, with the Timbers, and he was saying how when he first got here, he did not 
um, speak English, but he sounded like he was a native English speaker. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, he does. Well, it's Instagram, Spotify, and YouTube there. Suspense is over. Oh, that was an actual question? That was an actual an actual. Oh, I thing. thought you were just making something up. Oh, my no, God. No, that's, that's an actual <laughs> post on Timbers.com. Julio Cascante's top three favorite apps. They paid somebody to make that. What are his three favorite apps for real? Did Instagram, you Spotify, and YouTube. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I, I, mine are Candy Crush. And, and no, and there's no explanation or he doesn't go into any details. It's literally just <laughs> Instagram, Spotify, YouTube. And that's okay, the end thanks. of it. That's it. No comments underneath yeah. it. Just everyone just confused, like shrug shoulders. Uh. <laughs> what is it? What are Mike's Fusitos three favorite apps? I'd like to know that. Jonathan wants to know what um, Huckabee Sanders' favorite apps are. First one is called How to Be an Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> how to not be good at your job. Yeah. How to pick fights uh, with women. Uh, and that one time. <laughs> how, yeah. how to beat you're, up women. <laughs> your, your, dis, your, dis, your distaste of Farley has rubbed off on me. We did a drive-by um, birthday honking parade for a friend of mine and uh I, you know from talk to this guy from the car my friend rich that works for the timbers and he was like yeah he was just featured in a different article but he he said yeah i was interviewed by richard farley i know you hate him and i was like i don't i don't hate that guy jonathan hates that guy i'm richard farley ambivalent yeah i was talking about him again <laughs> it's it's amazing how much of my life i think about him it's kind of weird uh <laughs> And uh, we were talking about the podcast. We were talking to Brianna about it and how he still sucks. And, of course, she does not listen to our podcast. So I was explaining the whole, like, when he was tweeting about not showing up to a Thorns practice and, and then media and how it sucks and blah, blah, blah. And then I was thinking about things he had done in the past that pissed me off that are uh, mildly or, if not mildly, overtly uh, misogynistic or sexist. Um one of the times he was talking about who who was the the thorn that recently had a child like two years ago was it Agnes I can never pronounce her name from Iceland did she have a child Brynja's daughter yeah and so he was talking about how you know how would she be able to come back as a professional after having a baby on um, uh, I can't even, like soccer made in Portland and I was like what did you really did you say that out loud. Um, what what did he say? I have to go back. I'll have to find the episode. But he made reference to whoever the thorn was that was having a child, and like, how would they be able to come back as a professional oh. player? Um, he didn't think it was physically possible for them. Yeah, like it was like you know, it's a long time to be out of the game, or so. Like I forget the exact words he used, but it was one of those moments where uh, it's like I again, I think everything is inherently hilarious. Things that are inappropriate are funny. Um, if you say something uh, as a joke and you mean it as a joke, I'm gonna laugh with you. I don't care what the content is. Um, but the moment like you make an actual like judgment call like that, where I was like, really, dude, like that sucks. Um, did, did did he maybe mean it was in a cert within a sh- short time period as opposed to at all? I mean, it wasn't an at all conversation for sure. No. God, that's so bizarre. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a like you know, how can she come back as a professional after being out for you know that long, or can can she do it? And I was like, yeah, dude, she's a professional soccer player. Like, yeah, and also there's a there's a litany of people that have done that. Well, did I use that word right? Stop litany? by and talk to Richard Huckabee Sanders and let him know that. 
but also like <laughs> yeah what about a man like just like let's say you um break an ankle like it's sort of the same thing right like you can't ever come back from that yeah it, it it's was just an injury I well mean, it's not even just you're just recovering yeah i gotta go back you're calling the miracle of birth an injury josh that's why i first off <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, is not it's, it's like having congestion <laughs> it's, like, it's like twisting your yeah. ankle yeah, it's, it's like a splinter yeah <laughs> no I just that, that shit blows my mind um, but uh, and no one else has to socially associate themselves with me um, uh, in my distaste of, of Richard Gregory Sanders, um, but I believe someone from the White House has resigned recently in the press office, so maybe he could get a new job because he'd be really good at it. Okay, Sick. And then last bit of news here, other that I had marked down, was the the XFL has been shut down forever, or seemingly forever again, as opposed to 19 years ago, and how uh, I am bummed for the, um, it's like the first professional league, I think, that's going bust. Um I am certainly uh, bummed for the people who had found work uh, doing that and them losing out. But I mean, wow, I could not be less interested in the XFL overall. What's the XFL? You stop talking about I it. I know. Fuck you. And what about arena football? <laughs> Where do you stand on that? Canadian arena football? What about lingerie football? <laughs> is, is When you say lingerie football, does that involve uh, normal people who play in the XFL in lingerie? Because I'd check that out. Yes. <laughs> what other kind is there? Yeah. No, dude, I just hate football in general. I've never been interested in it. I try every year. Can't do it. Um, uh, don't like it. But um, I my my reason for talking about the XFL is I just felt like in general I felt bad like that the first like professional sports league where people were you know banking out a paycheck going bust from COVID nineteen uh, sucks and I I hope uh, nothing else happens. But I was reading there was a there was talk that um, the championship in England was talking about uh, busting the whole league and teams and redoing contracts, but. Again, Randy, as what you said, that's just speculation. No one really knows. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I never understood why that XFL was restarted in the first place, though. I didn't understand how there could be a market for it. Oh, well, it's uh, Vince McMahon. He probably profited. So Even filing for bankruptcy, he probably profited off it somehow. Yeah, that's true. You know, it, it was never going to actually well, take off. It was probably just to hide money or allegedly something like that yeah i never even watched one game or knew anything about how it was different or was even really although i watched some nfl i never even noticed how it was different from the other leagues so yeah i don't like things that are different (laughs) true conservative all right well (laughs) i guess we can end this podcast you guys been watching you guys watching still watching the rebroadcast no I watched them live. Why do I need to watch them again when I know the outcome? Sure. I would rather have. I, I like. The, I actually like the idea of what they're doing, like on social media. And I would also like if they did a little. You, you like the. You like knowing what the top three apps for Julio. Castano I do, but they also have time. Why not deep dive into more that like the players' personal lives? It would be fun to see a behind the scenes of some of the players or. You know, you know they film practices. Why don't they um, 
show some like practice, like behind the scenes stuff. It'd be really cool to see that. Or maybe show the. Cut! Cut it out. <laughs> Nobody. So nobody's watching those. You guys aren't watching. No, those. I've already seen them. I watched them. Yeah, it's good stuff. Do you watch the same comedy movie over and over, or do you only watch it once? Once, first time. <laughs> I only give everything one chance. If only we had done the same for you. Hey, I'll gladly leave. Oh, pay for it. So my two closing things, really quick, are one, um, as we talked about in the last uh, recording. Uh, please send us a photo of yourself in a vestment uh, at home for, for work. Uh, we're working on a fun project. And then I am also working on a, uh, a patch project that I would love if anyone is a dual citizen to send me where you are a dual citizen of. And uh, you'll see what it looks like when I'm done. You should post that over on Global Patrol. Oh, that's a good idea. Travis, you got anything you want to say before we split? No, I hope to get some more ideas and the kind of the bandwidth to do something else. Uh, Facebook Live uh, soon on the Patch Patrol page. Uh, we've got some ideas floating, uh, but nothing concrete right now. Um, and just appreciate you guys having me on. It's good to talk to old friends. Well, one of them, one of us is really old. Yeah. <clears throat> Are you done? Ah, I love old people. Hey, Josh, how can the people get a hold of us? Okay, well, if you need to email us, it's portlandvanity at gmail.com. If you would like to call us, our number is 503-583-4235 and leave a fun, happy voicemail. Um, our Facebook is at Portland Vanity. Our Twitter is at PDX Vanity Soccer. And you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, and Google Play. Our closing music is Return of Patches from Deadbolt's album called Sulu Death Mask. It is the second in the saga of Patches the Clown. The first installment can be found on their album Tiki Man. So if you like what you hear, check out Deadbolt. Josh, out of here. Bye. Travis. I'm out. Okay. Well, thanks, Diane. Uh, I'm sure somebody will uh, come forward and claim that artificial arm. Uh, Hey, guess what? They've got Hal Barker down at the fair. Hey. Hey, hey, can you hear me, Bob? I can can hear you really good. Oh, good. Yeah, this is Hal Barker down for the News Center 9 and 9. And, um, oh, you wouldn't believe it. We're having such a great time at the fair. And with me right now... You're having too much fun. Oh, 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 gosh. You're a card. Right with me right now is Chuck Wagon the Clown, also known as Chuck Larkin, president and captain of the National Association of Clown Police. And, you know, I didn't even know there was a clown police. How are you doing, Chuck? Um, I'm doing great, uh, Al, and uh, thanks for having me on. Yes, uh, can you please tell us a little bit about your organization? Well, basically, we are a... Um, we're a... Um, uh, federal organization here to uh, police and uh, the clown industry and the entertainment industry of oh these. Oh my goodness, like a little watchdog group for uh, clowns. Well, exactly, exactly. I, I didn't even know there was any trouble with it. the clowns. Well, you would be surprised what clowns are into to, uh, these days. With these seedy carnivals go around, we've got 
prostitution. Oh my extortion. Goodness. Oh. There's even a clown mafia, believe it or oh not. Oh my goodness, I would never have thought that in a million years. Well, um, what do you think our aspe- our prospects are for the uh, the fair this week? You don't think there'll be any trouble with them, with them, with, you know, as far as uh, any of the clowns around here, do you? I don't think so. We've uh, we're starting a public uh, uh, campaign to make people more aware of clowns. Uh-huh. Not, uh, oh, uh, oh, here comes one now. Uh, and then which clown is this? This I I don't know. Uh, he's probably with the uh, fair circus. Uh huh. Hi, uh, how are you? Oh, what's he doing with that gun there? Uh, what again? Oh my goodness! Get that gun away from me! Get that gun! Oh, he's hit! He's hit! Oh my God! Bob! Bob, can you come in? Bob, can you come in? Oh, please! Bob, are you there? Oh, no, are you alright? Oh, I'm, I'm hit in the arm, Bob. The camera's laying on the ground. I can't. Oh, here, the cameraman's shot. Oh my God! What is the the purpose of this podcast? What's its thesis? Poop and patches. Poop and patches. <laughs> Who? The three P's. Yeah. Well, let me consider that. I mean, there's a lot of um, a lot of cool dudes out there and dudettes, especially. Um, so I got to think of a couple of them that might be good. Um, if uh, maybe uh, Matt Hasty and his. Uh, his all the work he's been doing with the the riveters might be an interesting uh first contact we don't support the riveters on this podcast or the thorns oh oh yeah i forgot i think we covered that before <laughs> um okay, well strike that we're not good at it all right who's got the closing song uh, nobody huh uh, this episode of Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast is brought to you by Jack Black's Double Duty Face Moisturizer. If your face is dry oh, in the pandemic, put it on your face. It feels great. Also, it's brought to you by PlayStation 4. I bought it. I hate it. Whoops. Shouldn't have done it. <laughs>
You're an adult. You hate your PlayStation? Yeah, I just bought it and I fucking, I was like, it took like almost two hours to fucking set it up where it's like downloading updates, sign up for a, a fucking account, and then you want to play FIFA and you got to get a new account with FIFA and EA Sports. And by the time you can actually just play the goddamn video game, it's two hours into it. And at that point, like, I my attention spans four minutes at best. And it, it reminded me of like the days of having a Nintendo where you get the game, you put the game in, and then you hit power, and then you are playing the game. And it got mad, so I haven't touched it since Saturday. Yeah, I don't think it's like that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I don't have it's one. No different on Xbox. Well, isn't that Xbox just as bad? Yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty much the same story. Yeah, I just want like uh, just I just want one system that has everything built in. Why don't you, you just know, guy, like, guys just play the Apple Box video game console? <laughs> What's that? The Pippin? It's the Pippin. The plush the Pippin. Pippin. Yeah, they 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 had like a game console in like early two thousands, I think it was. It was called Pippin. Really? Yeah, I don't even remember that. Yeah, I don't remember. That. Yep. <laughs> huh. Randy, weird knowing history. Surprise. Oh uh, yeah. Poop and patches. Boy. Poop and patches. I liked. No, don't apologize. I liked it. It was very satisfying. 